Well, we're just so blessed to see all of you here. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for watching. Thank you, all of you that are, you know, relaxing by your fire or just snuggled up on the couch there. Hopefully, you'll hang with us tonight. I know it's Christmas time and there's all kinds of things going on. Praise the Lord. But, you know, it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of joy. It really is. You know, we thank God that we celebrate his birth. But man, what, a, what an incredible time it was when he came. And the wonderful thing about it is, is that, praise God, you know, that we know that God created a body for the Lord Jesus Christ to be here. And uh, he, he came for one, one reason, and that was to redeem us. Amen. God had a plan. Hallelujah. Now, thank God for everything else that he did. He showed us how to live. He showed us how to walk. He showed us how to talk and, and all of that there. But I tell you, I'm just so, so very, very blessed. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 4. We're going to share some things. Uh, my title tonight is His Vision uh, for Your Life. And one thing that I always find out about folks is everybody's always trying to find out, well, what does God want, really want me to do? Or what does he have for me? Or what is really God's plan and purpose for my life? There's so many people that go through life not knowing why they're here or what goes on. They have no purpose. They don't, they don't know how to enjoy life. And they don't know how to enjoy the things of God. Do you know the very first thing that we are all called to be as Christians? That's what we're called to be. We're called to be Christ-like. We're all called to be children of God. And if you know that, then you know where you're going. You know where you're going. You know where you come from. You know where you're going. So then you have a journey for life. And then you're not so much concerned about all of the ups and downs of the journey. You're just endeavoring to follow God's plan by following his love, his heart uh, uh, for your life. And if we'll do the general plan, if we'll do God's general plan, he'll give us a specific plan for our life. He'll, he'll direct our steps. He'll direct it. You know, have you ever known somebody that once they, they stop being who they were in their job or they stopped being who they were in a certain situation, they, did, they, just, they just couldn't function. They have a, such a difficult time of functioning because that was their whole identity. Their whole identity was their job or their whole identity was this. That's what happens to a lot of family. Their whole identity is their kids and then all of a sudden the kids are gone and they're looking at two people and going, wow, who are you? And, uh, you know, you, we help raise these for these 18, 19, whatever, 20 years for getting everybody out of here and then you're like, we don't know each other. We don't know the plans and the purposes. There hasn't been any things taking place. And, you know, in, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, which is right on the front of our podium here, which is the verse that God gave us when we came here, God gave me, and it was what we were doing coming here, you know, to realize this was Jesus' purpose. He found his purpose. The Bible says he, 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 in verse 17, it says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written about him. Amen? How do you know we got to find the place where it's written about us in the word of God? He, you know, he also understood, you know, we, we always share this scripture at Christmas time because it's, it's Isaiah 9, 6 and verse 7, 2. It says this, For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. I like what the rest of the verse says. And the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. And from that time forward, even forever, 
The, sev- the seventh verse says this, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. How many know God performed it? How many know that Jesus' throne is established forever and he's still on the throne? He is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? But here in, in verse 17, uh, verse 18, where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim the liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are oppressed or them that are bruised and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Did you know that that is God's vision for your life? Amen. You know, it's amazing to me. I've talked and I've counseled with so many different pastors at different times in their lives. And, and almost, almost all of them that I've talked and trying to encourage, they've come to places where I just don't know my place. I don't know, really know what God's, you know, you know, what's my vision or what am I supposed to say and do? And I'm like, what do you mean what are you supposed to say and do? You're sharing the gospel. You're doing what Jesus said. Glory to God. The Spirit of God is upon you. He's anointed you to do, what, number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. Those that are poor spiritually, those that are poor in every other area, because the gospel is good news. We have good... Isn't that what the angels said when the angels came down to the shepherds and said, hey, I bring you glad tidings of great joy and good news. The gospel is good news. You know, and God has a vision for us. God has a great vision for us. You know, the number one vision God has for us is that we all be saved. So that means God wants the whole world saved. God's called us to tell them how much he loves them. He's not mad at them. Hallelujah. God's not holding their sins against them. He loves them. He cares for them. And and they can have eternal life too. Amen? So you've got to have a vision of being saved. But what does that exactly mean? What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? And old things to pass away. And all things to become new. And all things are of God. Isn't it wonderful to be in Christ? Man, I would not want to go through life right now with all the craziness that's going on without knowing Jesus. It's the only thing that brings peace. It's the only thing that brings peace. It's the only thing that brings joy. It's the only thing knowing about being saved. Hallelujah. And thank God it's not just salvation. Thank God he he wants all of us to have a vision of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled, full, full of fire, full of the life of God, full. Hallelujah. And if you're not full, you just keep drinking. Amen. You just keep tasting. You just keep seeing. You just keep speaking. Amen. You need to have a vision of, of being healthy, a vision of being prosperous, a vision of being blessed so that you can be a blessing. Amen. Not living for ourselves, but living for others, living to just help, living to do, living to just try to, try to be a, 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 as great a witness as we can, but also just letting the love of the Father shine through us. Amen. Hallelujah. A vision of doing something that God wants us to do. Just try to endeavoring to show his love to the world around us. It's so important that we understand this because, man, it's absolutely the, one of the most important things is to get God's vision for your life from you. But you get it in the general sense. All these things I've said, that's all just for us, just to enjoy life. And then if you do that, then he'll direct you in the right place. He'll put you in the right place at the right time, touching the right people. The number one people he wants you to touch is your family. Amen. He wants you to be a great inspiration. He wants you to be no matter if they, they, and they're the number one people that won't even usually listen to you. They're the number one people that get mad at you and get upset at you. They don't want to, who do you think you are? Depending on where you're at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And then God wants to build your faith up. He wants you to get your faith from the word of God so that your vision will get bigger than you. Amen. Because that's what your faith, your faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things where you're setting your faith on. Amen. Isn't it amazing that Jesus came to earth as a little baby? 
He stripped himself, the Bible says, of all of his deity in the sense of he didn't come as God, even though he did come as God, 100% God, 100% man. But the Bible says he emptied himself out. He emptied everything else and he emptied himself fully into this human being so that at the end of his life, he could empty himself out on the cross and empty himself out for all of us so that we could have eternal life. Amen? When you look at that and you see that, you kind of, wow, because you know, for unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is giving. The Bible also says that, that a body he has prepared for Jesus. So he prepared this for him. Why? Because Jesus had to come in the flesh. He had to, but he had to come to give us life and to come to give us a vision for who, what God wanted us to do. Amen? And sometimes we, we, we hear things. You know, it's not a matter of really hearing a message, but it's a matter of keeping something before you. I remember when I was young in ministry and just young in the Lord too, but doing things, I'd hear a message and I'd go, that's it, that's it, that's what I was missing. And man, I'd take that message and I'd run with it, boy. And then after that got cold, you know, I'd say, okay, I gotta need to get something different here. And I'd run with something else or I'd get, I was always looking for the next biggest, best thing or the next thing of revelation of what God's doing, what's God revealing. And finally, God said, you know, are you tired of just trying to always get the next biggest and best thing? I said, I am, because I, I, I just want to. He said, you know, the next and biggest and best thing is me. And your relationship with me. And what I want to do in you and through you and for you. Amen? And that's a revelation, man. When you get that revelation that, wow, God, you want to first work in me. So that you can get it through me. Hallelujah. And glory to God so you can get it to me and so we can get it to others. And it's, when you realize that, that you can, once you start seeing it on the inside, because once you see it on the inside, it doesn't matter if you ever see it on the outside. Amen? Because God wants your life to be full of blessings. I mean, John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. He said, but I've come what, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Well, if he wants us to have life and he wants us to have more an abundant life, glory to God, we need to get a, a, his vision for us. Now, you, the sad thing about it is that how many of you know that the devil is always trying to get you to do his vision? How does he get you to do his vision? By planting thoughts into your mind. He gets you to say, how many of you know the devil cannot create anything? See, now, most of you don't believe that. No, he can't. Say, so, well, listen, no. He gets you to create it. The devil can't cause you to sin. He can get you to sin because you think about what he said. That's how he got Eve. He said, now, wait a minute. Did God really say? Did God, is that really what God said? That you can't touch it, you're going to die? Is that really? No, 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 no. If you deep the, you're going to become like God. He wants you to come against me. He always wants to get you to question God's vision for your life. Amen? Isn't that what, when he came to Jesus, you know, as we look back in Luke chapter 4, Hopefully you didn't go from there. We're going to stay here because this is the whole thing. Luke, in Luke chapter four, it says here, you know, in verse one says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the end of the wilderness. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was in the perfect will of God when the devil showed up. See, that goes over real big. And everybody doesn't want to, because nobody wants to go through the wilderness. Everybody wants to have everything perfect instead of walking through the fire. Amen? But he was led by the Spirit of the will and being 40 days tempted of the devil. 40 days. Because he went there and he fasted. He, he was praying. And uh, the devil tempted him. 40 days tempted him. First of all was, hey, you're hungry. Why don't you make this stone into bread? 
And of course, Jesus, wonderful, the whole thing is, it is written, it is written, it is written. And it's so wonderful to see that because then Jesus comes out of that and the Bible says he comes out of it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he says he found the place where it was written. He found the word of God that was written about him. Amen? It's how God anointed him. And how do you know that the Bible talks about how God anointed you and I? It's that same anointing that we have an anointing that abides within us that we need not that any man teach us. That same anointing that abides in us will teach us all things. Amen? You know, and that's verse 220, 1 John 2.27. 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an anointing. You have a spirit of God living and dwelling on the inside of you. So we can know. And God's anointed us. Why? So that we can preach the gospel to the poor. But not only preach the gospel to the poor, hallelujah, glory to God. He's also anointed us to heal the brokenhearted. How many know that's probably one of the greatest ministries in the world is to heal those? Because almost everybody in here has had a heart broken at one time or another. And only the word of God, God can, is only the word of God can heal our heart. It really can. Only the word of God can heal our soul. Amen. It's the only thing that can bring you out of ashes and out of rubbish and out of the things that are there and turn you around and bring you back to life. Because you know the vision that you have. Amen? When you go through tragedy, you go through death, you go through all kinds of things, things that doesn't seem like it's working, glory to God. And the reason you have hope, why? Because we know that we have hope as Jesus Christ. We know that we have the hope of heaven. But we also know that we have the hope of the Holy Spirit who's going to be with us all the way through this. Amen? See, just like I said, the devil can't create He only wants to get your faith to work against you. See, because you're the creator. God is the one that put his spirit in you. And when he put his spirit in you, when he put the Holy Spirit in you, you guys are the ones that create everything. See, that's why we have to take authority over. Because believe it or not, all human beings are the ones. That's why when people start talking and talking, that's why the world gets crazy. Because more people talking death than there are people talking life. Amen. It is that. And so they're creating this snowball effect. It's so crazy. They're so crazy to, to what happens. Hallelujah. But thank God our words are a lot more powerful than their words. Amen. You need to know that. You know. Hallelujah. And see, when you get into the word of God and you understand and you let the Holy Spirit lead you, he'll give you not only the specific vision, but he'll give you a general, but he'll give you a specific vision for you. Amen. Now the key is, do you know what the biggest key is? Is obedience. It's a simple, you know, if you're obedient, you get blessed. If you're not, it doesn't. And the Bible talks about three different kinds of obedience. First one is instant obedient. Making sure that you instantly obey. Amen? I mean, I, you know, I remember I was praying about something. I was really praying. And the Lord spoke to my heart about something. He says, I want you to, you know, be a blessing to somebody or do something. And I, I said, okay, you know, and I, I was procrastinating about it. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. He said, listen. He said, you're asking me about all these things over here. What about if I'm trying to move on somebody else's heart to do this and they're going as fast as you are? And they're as obedient as you are right now. He says, so how fast do you want your prayers answered? I said, God, our instant obedience is about to happen right now. There is some instant obedience, hallelujah, that's going to take place. And the reason being for that is, is that I want to make sure that, hey, if God's speaking to my heart, now you got to know things, but it's just like, yeah, I want to be able to just to do it and, and to be you know, right now just to be a blessing or to help. Because when you do that, glory to God, and you're, answer, you're an answer, prayer, answer to somebody else's prayer, amen? And the Bible says if you can do some things, don't tell your neighbor, I'll do it some other time. If you can do it, do it, Amen? It tells that. The other thing that the Bible talks about is it talks about whole obedience. 
How many know that half obedience is not obedience? There's a lot of people who do just enough. I'm going to do just enough. I, yeah, okay, I'll obey you just so far. Amen? What, let me give you a really good example of that. Good old King Saul. What did Samuel tell him? Wipe them all out. Don't do anything. I mean, wipe it all out. Kill the king. Wipe out every animal. Wipe out everything. We don't want any. Samuel shows up and he goes, what's that sound I'm hearing? Got some bleeding of the sheep. Got some mooing of the cows. And who is this guy you're parading now? Oh, and Saul says, oh, it's the people. The people wanted to sacrifice to God. They wanted us to keep some of these. And so we could do this. And we wanted to do all this stuff. And we wanted to show God. So we wanted to pray it around and say, hey, look how great our God is. He conquered the king and embarrassed. And what did Samuel say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? See, what happens to a lot of times is we just want to go so far. And I'll never forget this too, but the Lord was being against me. He said, you know that delayed, ob- ob- delayed obedience is disobedience. I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm gonna, I'll do that. I can change it. If I can fix it, I'll fix it. I'll do this. But I want to get you to the third one because the third one is one of the biggest ones that I had to deal with and we all have to deal with because it's joyful obedience. You can be instantly obey and you can wholeheartedly obey, but your heart is not in it and you don't get blessed. Let me give you a really cool thing about that. And here it is. You can be a tither and a giver and never get blessed if your heart's not in it. Goes over real big. So we talk about money, you get a holy hush, everybody gets nervous, you get all that stuff. But it's true. Because you say, wait a minute, I've been giving, I've been sowing, I've been doing, how come it seems like this has happened, that's happened. But see, if your heart isn't in it and you don't understand and you're not looking for God to honor and you're not honoring God with your heart, y'all are real quiet. See, with joyful obedience is it comes down to Isaiah 1, 19 that says if you are willing and obedient you shall eat of the good of the land see obedience we're willing we're doing we're being obedient we're being obedient because we did this but if you're not willing and your heart's not in it then you've lost the blessing of it y'all doing okay i'm sorry that god just wanted to he's i mean he did it on sunday he's doing it i just praying I'm just sitting in my office just praying. I said, okay, Lord, what do we need? It's Christmas time. How about a nice Christmas message? You know, like wise men still seek him and joy to the world. And, you know, isn't it great? And, uh, you know, God's like, no, smack them. Tell them we got to get ready here. Let's do this. (laughs) And he smacks me first, though. Amen. (laughs) Because here's one of the biggest things. You know that, that... in the Old Testament, God spoke to the children of Israel very harshly. And in Deuteronomy, when he was talking to them about some things, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 45 and 47, he said this. He said, God states that his judgment will come upon those who did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and statutes which he commanded you. And he says this, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything he did. They were obedient, they were doing things, but they didn't serve God with joy and gladness. Now, how many of us know people that are just walking through the motions of doing things? And here's, No, you've got to have a heart of it. You know, there's the spirit of Christmas, right? There's the heart of Christmas. 
Amen. It's, it's knowing the joy of it. It's this joyful obedience that changes everything. And let me just share with you, it doesn't take long to get willing. He said, if you're willing and obedient, you eat of the good land. And if you're not eating of the good of the land, it's because one of those two things, right? Either you're not being obedient or your heart's not in it. Amen. It's like you ever bought a present for somebody you didn't want to buy a present for? Don't be raising hand. Don't be looking around. Don't be talking about things. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things is that I've had to do that every year. <laughs> so I said, how come? Just because. And I have to get my heart right. Now, it's not none of you. Get, get relaxed, you know. Y'all get nervous about things. No, but you have to, you know, it's like you guys weren't here, but it took us, it took us 45 minutes to get here from our house because we were, got behind a little bitty car that decided to go 35 miles an hour down Highway 12, all the way to 8 Mile Road, all the way from it got in front of us way back up there before 88 and 12 did. And it just, and they were just, and I had to repent like 52 times by the time, you know, I prayed, I had to repent. Said, oh Lord, I prayed a lot of tongues. It was good. And I thought, what are they doing? What are they doing? You know, it was, it was, it was just one of those things. And there was, you know, 52 cars behind us. And we were thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, we've got some crazy people, you know. I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, uh, yesterday I was driving, and, and a guy came down, and he just, he just made it a three-lane deal. He split every car going like this, and I thought, God, help him till he doesn't die, you know. God bless him. And Because uh, we have people who just, they just they don't care. They just think, hey, everybody's got to get out of their way. And I was just waiting for somebody to come around tonight and go, okay, what do need to do? And I thought, this is so dangerous of what he's doing. But they're just putzing along, having a great time right in front of me. I was like, praise the Lord. We get to pray in the Holy Ghost one more time. Amen. But see, here's the thing. When you have a joyful life, you know, I can confess my sins. Because, you know, I know you guys are all holy. You never get mad. Everything's perfect for you. Guys just walk through life really good. But let me give you how you do that in a pathway of obedience. Because how do we get our heart willing? How do you do that? I mean, people say forgive, forgive. How do you forgive? People say, well, just be willing. Well, you know, plus God, I'm going to do this. No. How do you get willing? How do you change? And it doesn't take long. It just, it's something that you switch on the inside and say, no, I'm willing, Lord. I am willing to do whatever. I really, it doesn't matter. I don't care. If nothing comes through, I am willing to obey you. I know I've heard your voice. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to just be as sweet and as nice as I can. Hallelujah. Because... There's three things that you got to do in the pathway to obedience. And uh, here's the bigger thing. Just like I told you, number one, you got to walk in love. You got to go, you know, and I did. I really did. I mean, I could told you, I, I, it's an exaggeration that I had to repent that many times. But I was pretty frustrated. Then I say, okay, Lord, something's going on. I need to pray for this person. I need to help them because this is dangerous. You know, I mean, you know, where we've come down from the hill here and stuff, there are people doing 70 and 80 coming down 88 and 12 okay I mean they are flying and they're in a hurry and you got somebody doing 30 35 you're in trouble you know and of course you know many times we'll get big trucks and then many times we get nice tractors and big giant combines that's the fun time but I understand that I don't get they don't, you know that that doesn't make me I don't mind tractors I don't mind combines I don't mind 
even big trucks, because they're supposed to be. But you got a car, you can pedal faster than that. You know, come on. You know, we can get a bicycle go faster than that. What's the deal here? You know, but the thing about it is, though, is that you, if you want to be obedient, you want to keep your joyful obedience, and you want to make sure you're doing it, then you've got to walk in love. You've got to say, all right, Lord, you just thank you. As one person told me today, thank you for helping me work on my patience. That's just all it is. When they're delayed or they're doing this, you know, you got to say, well, thank you, Lord. I'm working on my patience. Thank God I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to allow this. How to, because I want your strength and your glory. I want to be obedient to you. I want, who knows? If something does happen, I want to be able to help this person. Amen? You've got to be able to do that. See, because obedience with us many times has a tendency that we're like, ah. and I don't know if you've ever said this either, but I've told the Lord this. I said, Lord, why do I always have to walk in love? Why am I always the one that has to do right? I know none of you are all saintly, but I've, I've asked the Lord that. Why? He said, because you know about it. You know how you do And you know that that's what you're, how you're supposed to act. He said, because you know the truth. And so you have to, you have to walk in love. That's right. Because the second thing about walking in obedience, believe it or not, is forgiveness. You've got to walk in forgiveness. You've got to walk in realizing that, hey, if I'm going to be obedient to what God's called me to do, then I can't get frustrated at people and what they're doing. And I've got to walk in forgiveness. I've got to forgive them. Even though their actions are wrong, their actions are bad, but I've got to walk in forgiveness. Amen. You have to. Because listen, how many know that forgiveness is for you, not for anybody else? You need to understand that. The means of the amount that you forgive is because it's what you need. The amount of mercy you give is because it's the amount of mercy you want. So you've got to walk in forgiveness. See, it's a pathway to obedience. It's just simply saying, Lord, I love you. Hallelujah. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do whatever you, you know, because God, usually he'll try to, uh, not try to, he'll try to show you things and, you, and it's going to be hard on your flesh. Amen. You've got to walk in love. got to walk in forgiveness. And then the third thing you've got to do is you've got to walk in the light of the word of God because you know more. So God's going to require more of you. I know. I just hate that. I do, you know. I said, Lord, you know, I love to study. love to get all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, you just know more. And I'm like, yeah, but that's no fun. You know, amen. Because God wants his strength to be renewed day by day by day. Now, it sounds, it sounds simple, but how many of you know walking in love is one of the hardest things in the world to do, to really do it rightly, to really pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you, bless those that lie about you? Yes, have a heart to, 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 to touch lives, amen, and walk in forgiveness, true forgiveness, and you can always measure the amount of forgiveness you have by the emotion that you have when you remember what they did. Somebody can say, bless God, I've forgiven them, but I ain't never going to forget it. Yeah, we know. We're glad that we don't want to get on your bad side. We don't, you know, but you know, you can always know that, hey, you know what? When you release it and you let God be God, then your life begins to change. Amen? Your life begins to change. And walking in love is not being walked on. Walking in love is speaking the truth. Amen. You know, we have so many times that so many people look at things and they, they have this idea that, well, if I walk in love, then this is, I'm just going to have to give up everything. No. Walking in love always speaks the truth. Jesus walked in love, but nobody ran over him. Amen. He stood his ground. 
Even the apostle Paul walked in love and he was endeavoring to, you remember when they, they, they beat him and they put him in prison, then they found out that they were Roman citizens. So then they came and said, hey, you guys can just leave. We're going to leave. We're going to open. Paul said, ah, those same guys. No, man, we're gonna, they're going to they're gonna parade us out. They're going to walk us out in daylight. They're going to let everybody know that they did this to Roman citizens. He said, well, man, that's pretty prideful. Yeah, no, he was putting them in their place. They, they were wrong in what they were doing. You know, hallelujah. You know, when you take hold, when you walk in love, when you do, you're going to speak the truth. And you've got to speak the truth. And when you walk in forgiveness, you're still going to forgive me. That doesn't mean that you're going to allow them to do the same thing again to you. What it does mean is that I'm going to forgive you for what it's like. I got to forgive you because I got to forgive you for me. Because I have to walk not only in instant obedience or whole obedience, but I've got to walk in joyful obedience to what God says. And I've got to walk, first of all, in all of this to his word. Because how many know the world needs to see Jesus in us? They need to see the love of God right now more than they ever, 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 ever do it. And how many know that when we're not obedient to what God says, that we can sear our hearts, that we can actually come? Because see, what disobedience does is that it puts the light of the word of God out. Amen. We don't want to be that. We want to be obedient to what God says. And I've had, people have asked me questions. Well, what do you mean to be obedient? It's simply if God tells you to be nice to somebody, be nice. God tells you to just say, God bless you to somebody, say it. God tells you to bless somebody, bless them. God tells you to help somebody, help them. Hallelujah. God tells you to be kind. God tells you to do, th- just be obedient. Just, and it's just the spirit of God on the inside. And it's really just being a Christian. There's, it's, it's, it's the wonderful thing about it, you know, it's, it's, it's basically just kindness. And it's just being thoughtful. Amen? Because <laughs> you're not going get, to get any more light from the Word of God than you are being obedient to the Word of God. So if you read the Bible and says, ah, I don't get anything out of the Bible anymore, it's because you stopped being obedient to some part that He told you about. If the word of God is not life to you and not exciting and you're like, yes, and it's wonderful, it's because you stopped being obedient to something that was said. You stopped doing something that needed to do. Amen? And if it's not a joy to do it and you know it's the word of God, it's because you don't have joyful obedience. Amen? You're not willing. Amen? You're obedient, but you haven't got your heart into it. Amen? And here's the biggest thing, too, whatever a lot of people do. Say, well, I just, you know, don't worry about what you don't know. Just do what you do know. Do what you do know. You don't have to worry about what you don't know. You don't know about Just do what you do know, and it'll change your life forever. It's just taking hold of the Word of God. We see this through Jesus all the time. But here's what he said. Let's go back to Luke chapter 4. Let's wind this thing up. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. To preach deliverance to the captives. Glory to God. People are just bound up. by. And don't get mad at them because they're all bound up. Don't get mad at sinners because they're sinning real big. They're just doing what they know to do. Let's love on them. Let's pray for them. Let's take the word of God to them. No, let's not join in with them. But let's do what the word of God says. He also talks about, goes on to say here, preach delivery to the cafe. And then he says, recovery of sight to the blind. We have so many people that are blinded to the truth of the word of God. They're blinded to the things that are going on. And right now we have a world that's blinded. I mean, the way they're making decisions, what they're doing, where they're going, they're destroying every aspect of humanity. And it's crazy. 
is what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's what the Bible said. Evil has been spoken of as good and good is spoken of as evil. And it's just, it's so upside down and so crazy right now. But we have to hold on to the truth. And we have to be obedient to the word of God. We have to be and allow God to be what God's saying to do in our lives. He also goes on to say to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, that's a very interesting statement because what that means that we need to help people who've been beaten up by leadership, who've been beaten up by tyranny, who've been beaten up because of what has transpired over that that's not been their fault. Amen. And then we're supposed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which is really cool because that's the year of Jubilee, the year of all your debts being forgiven, all of your everything being forgiven for you. And that's a wonderful thing. But yet if we'll do all the other parts, and this is God's vision for us because that's what we need to do. And so you can never get bored in a Christian life. If you're bored, it's because you're not doing the things of God. And you're not hearing what he's saying because he will make your life adventurous. I mean, he'll make your life so exciting, hallelujah, that everywhere you go, supernatural things will happen. Amen? Everywhere you go, supernatural things will begin to happen. You'll be at the right place at the right time to receive the right thing. You'll have divine appointments. Amen? Amen, you will. You'll have divine appointments of just being a blessing. Divine appointments of just helping somebody. Divine appointments of what God's... And you won't let the devil get his vision, hallelujah, get his... Uh, 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 thought process and you, and you won't be using your faith to work for him you'll be using your faith to be working for what God has in your life so don't worry about specific let's just get into the general let's have a vision number one of really loving Jesus being born again let's have a vision of really being filled with the Holy Spirit just full of life amen let's have a vision of health so many people have a, don't have a vision of health they don't have a vision. They don't have that. They're looking at things. They're seeing things. And it's just, you need to have a vision of health. That God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to take care of yourself. Now, you have to take care of yourself. We know that. But he wants you to see some things. you got to see it. God has a vision for you having a strong family. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God has a vision. Glory to God for you doing something for him, for the body of Christ. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's really true. It's really true, you know? And once we see this, we go, wow, good, amen. Hallelujah, we can get into the plan and the purpose of God. And then you can take your faith and big, bigger things. But God wants you to do He wants us to be obedient to his plan and purpose. Amen? Listening, who can we bless? Who can we be a blessing? Lord, I want to touch lives today. Because I mean, you know, there's a lost and dying world out there that needs Jesus right now, big time. They need truth. They need the love of Jesus and it's amazing. You can go, you can look. I mean, I don't know if any of you have been to Walmart or Costco lately. Whew. It can get scary in there. It's tough. Okay? You know, I was at Target the other day. It wasn't quite as bad as those two places. But, you know, I mean, Costco was probably actually worse than Walmart these last couple of times. That was some serious thing. There's so many people there. You know? Hallelujah. The only good thing about that is you, you can't get a parking place up close. So you just park right next to where they, you have to put your carts. You don't have to walk very far. You have to walk a long ways in, but at least you have a place right there. You know, but it was just, you know, I thought, man, God bless them. You know, and, and it, you can just see things. But in the body of Christ, I see things that we get like weary and well-doing. And now's not a time. Listen, now's the time to be the most excited you've ever been for God in your entire life. Did you know that? You say, well, why is that? Because we are so close to Jesus coming. 
and he's just, I mean, God is getting ready to send his, his son to bring the rest of the family home. Praise God, that's us. He's about to come back. I mean, it's some serious things. And I tell you, we just, we need to be ready to receive, ready to take hold. And we want to be found doing what he wants us to do. Amen. And we want to have that right heart. We don't want to all of a sudden, whoa, there it is. We get to come up and go, oh man, he told me to do this and I didn't do it. That don't want to be your first response when you stand before Jesus. Amen. You want to stand before him and go, woohoo, I did it. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm here. Hey, because I've been obedient. Amen. Not only obedient, but I've had whole obedient. Amen. And I've also had joyful obedience, which means my heart is in my giving. My heart is in my doing. Amen? And so don't get weary in well-doing. Many times we can get weary in well-doing, thinking that what we're doing is not important. Listen, anything that we do for God is valuable. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. Lord, I just shared my heart, just shared the truths of what you've shared to to me. And I hope that I gave it across. I don't want to come across, Father, beating anybody up. I don't want to come across uh, thinking that, oh, we're not doing those things. But, Father, just encouraging them to continue, but also to stir it up. Because if they see things in their life, there's areas where things aren't working the way they should be or not working the best, then they just got to examine, am I being joyful in that? Am I just doing it or out of just doing it? Or have I really got my heart into it? I need to put my heart, I need to change my attitude. I need to change some things within me. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord God, because, Father, you are doing great things. And Jesus, you're about to come, and God's about to send you. Hallelujah. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're stirring up our hearts so that we can do more and more and more. Oh, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're going to receive uh, this evening's tithes and offerings. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. If you're giving online, you guys know how to do that. I'm going to uh, give by uh, what's happening, what's happening. And uh, hallelujah. By my phone, as I do on Wednesday night, just to keep it good there. Hallelujah. So uh, pardon my... uh, bowing my head there, but I want to make sure I do this right. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is so good. Uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, all right, let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you. What a privilege it is to sow seed. What a privilege it is to honor you. Lord, thank you because our hearts in our giving. Father, you said that you love cheerful givers, ones that can give full of faith, full of joy, one that love to give. Hallelujah. We thank you that we bring our tithes and offerings. We thank you that you're the one that causes increase. You're the one that causes blessings, and we're able to see that. So, Lord, thank you that you're just touching the lives of every individual. Father, you're causing increase to come, and we thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and receive that. Hey, I have just a couple of announcements. One is this Sunday night at 5.30, we're doing the kids program, but it's also a kids fun thing, and it's, it's their Christmas party to be a blessing to them. And so we've got The Throne is the title of it. It's going to be a, a play, and uh, we're going to be involved. It's going to be a blessing. But also, if your kids are involved with that, 
and you've signed up for that, we're actually going to have a dress rehearsal at 3 o'clock on Saturday here in the church to go through everything and to do this. We want your kids to come, and I'm sure we'll have, according, you know, with my wife, you're going to have some kind of fun thing for there too. We'll have all kinds of stuff. But anyways, we want you to come. Be blessed. And uh, so it's 3 o'clock on Saturday. We're going to come together, try to do a dress rehearsal, get everybody together. It's called The Throne. We're going to have... Uh, we had somebody in our church made us the throne, which is really cool, and uh, we're going to have it up here. We're going to be doing, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be really cool of how it's all. Uh, Pastor Pamela's wrote the whole thing. She wrote the whole play. She's written everything and designed it, so she'll be helping narrate it and help all of us. And uh, so it's going to be fun. You know, we're going to see how it goes. And she's been, you know, the enemy has attacked her and. And caused her not to have a very good December because of just, just not feeling well. Just the enemy just really came in crazy with her getting COVID and getting all the other stuff and news things. And, but she's coming out of it. Hallelujah. Everything's coming out of it. We just keep coming out of it. Hallelujah. Everything's coming out of it. Hallelujah. And there's been so many other things that have happened, but we win. I just tell the devil, we win and we're going to keep playing. I just keep fighting. I just keep going. God keeps doing good things. So we're going to continue to that. And if you don't have kids, just come and enjoy and celebrate the kids with us and celebrate that. It's only going to be probably an hour, hour and a half, the max, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Amen. So we want you to do that. We want you to be blessed and uh, hallelujah. And then once again, we are having service on December 25th at 1030 to 1030 to 1130. We're just going to go really quickly now, but we're going to have a candlelight service. We're going to sing and we may partake of communion. Uh, we'll see because then we'll be doing it two weeks in a row. I haven't talked to the ushers yet about that, but we'll work on it. So we may not, may do it. I don't know yet. We're going to have a good time. Amen? So I think that's what's going on. Oh, and then next Wednesday night, from this Wednesday night, is our movie night. And you need to understand, yeah, we're watching the star, but we're watching something that basically talks about the Bethlehem star, how it came together, how it's, all, it's very adult-oriented and everything about all that. They are going to watch the star. The kids get the camels. We get the snowman and the pop. No, but it's really cool. It unlocks the mystery of the world's most famous star because, folks, probably one of the most unique things that has happened, you say, why is that? One of the most unique things that happened last year at this time was the Bethlehem star. First time in 2,000 years since the birth of Christ. First time ever since the birth of Christ. Okay, it's the Bethlehem star, and that's what it's called. Only when it was the Bethlehem star, the, the sign above it was Virgo, which was talking about the Virgin. Last year at this time, it was, they all got together. There was Regulus, Venus, and Jupiter, and all got together. But the sign over it was Leo, the Lion of the Tire of Judah. So he's coming back as a lion, okay? You need to understand that. So we, we don't want to be ignorant of the things of God and put our head in the sand. And we can see the ungodliness of the world. We can see the craziness of the world. We see it even more so in our nation than any other nation right now. I mean, we are, it's just nuts. But... That don't mean we stick our head in the sand. That don't mean we throw up our hands in the air. It means we just start going for God. You know, I like what, you know, uh, Joe Morris said when he said, listen, when you see the play clock coming down to the end, he uses a sport analogy. You're watching that, so you're going to do more. You want to make sure that, hey, you're trying to score more touchdowns. You're trying to, you know, do more things. So that's what we want to do. We want to step up our game. Amen. We want to step up our game and let God be God in our lives. Amen. Let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys on Sunday. God bless.